Welcome to the South Elkhorn Christian Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy the weekly messages. For bulletin material, reflection guides, and other resources, visit southelkhorncc.org. The sermon this morning is entitled, Try the Keys. Try the Keys. Sometimes we forget that we have been given a set of keys. Keys carry with us everywhere we go and everywhere we are stuck. These keys unlock doors that seem impenetrable. And these keys can start the kind of movement, movement that takes us somewhere new. Try the keys. This morning... If you have keys with you, I'm going to invite you to dig them out with you. Dig them out of your pockets, of your purses, of your backpacks, and hold them in your hands. I'm going to invite you to hold on to them as we read scripture in a moment, and as we and we'll return to them once the scripture is done reading. You can jingle jingle them. Let me know you have them. That'd be. I hear a few jingles out there. And as you uh, dig for your keys this morning, I want to remind us that for the last two months we've been wading ever deeper into the story of the Exodus. But we're taking a break for now. We'll pick up the story in October and go a little further, go a little further into the conflict that's been brewing between Pharaoh and Moses and the Hebrew people. And for the next few weeks, we'll be in the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, tackling some tricky stories and some important teachings from Jesus. And so, again, if you got your keys, let me hear them jingle. I got mine this morning, although I did drop them on the way here and almost didn't have them for the sermon. That won't surprise you, as you'll learn. I want to invite you to keep them out. We'll return to them in a minute. Uh, Before we do, I want to invite you to read with me the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16, verses 13 through 20. Matthew, chapter 16, reading verses um, 13 through 20. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, but others, Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you, who do you all say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah or the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. And the forces of death will not conquer it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he sternly ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. The word of God for the people of God. I suspect your keys, like mine, do all kinds of marvelous things. Take a moment just just to look them over. Just to look them over, really see them. Sometimes we forget how magical and mysterious the simplest and most everyday items are, like keys. I mean, these oddly oddly shaped things make it possible with with a twist of our wrist or flick of our hand 
to walk through walls. These small pieces of metal and plastic with the twist of our wrist can make engines come alive with fire, transporting us at high speeds to new places. If you're here with your family or with others, show them to one another. Kind of show them your keys. Do you have a fistful of keys like I do? A carabiner full of keys as I do, full of all different kinds of keys, fobs, maybe, maybe other random things. My keys will get me into my home. Storm door, front door, side door. My keys will get me in uh, to my car to start up the engine. My, my keys will get me into the church, into my office. And look at this. I've got sanitizer on my key ring, a nice little uh, worldwide pandemic edition. I've also got this thing, maybe you've heard of it, called a tile. A tile. It's a GPS locator <clears throat> that I can find from my smartphone or computer. My wife, Rebecca, gave it to me uh, because I have this tragic habit, as I alluded to moments before, of misplacing, dropping, or otherwise losing my keys. I'm going to put them in my pocket right now. Just uh, Like that time, like that time I took the kids sledding, and the keys fell from my pocket into the snow on the slopes, and we ended up trudging a mile to a nearby coffee shop so we could warm up and game plan how to get into the car and how to get home. And then after that, mysteriously, this box came in the mail with this thing called a tile, and my wife said, open it. Our keys are important, so important. What do your keys do? Where do they help you go? Is there a key you've forgotten about? Rarely used or never knew you had. I was looking over my, my, key, my keys earlier in preparation for this sermon and I discovered this key. I have no idea what this key does. No clue what on earth this key does. Sometimes we forget that certain keys might exist on our key ring and sometimes we might find ourselves that these keys we've long since forgotten about make all the difference. Jesus gives Peter some keys in our passage this morning. And not just any keys, keys to the kingdom of heaven. Keys that, let's be honest, let's be honest, given who we know Peter to be from the gospel stories, these are keys that Peter might well forget about, misplace, or altogether lose. Peter doesn't exactly shine as a paragon of responsibility and sound thinking in the gospel accounts. Peter and the disciples consistently misunderstand Jesus and the sacrificial character of his ministry. In fact, in the very next verses following the passages we just read, this passage of giving the keys and blessing and celebrating Peter, Peter then, the know-it-all Peter, rebukes Jesus for suggesting that Jesus' destiny includes suffering and death. And Jesus goes off. Get behind me, Satan, he says to the one he's just given the keys to. So Jesus, are you, are you sure this is the guy you want with the keys? Don't you remember Peter's the one who has this epic failure trying to walk on water like you? You had to rescue him from sinking beneath the waves. Don't you know Peter will nod off in the garden when you ask him and the other disciples to stay awake and keep watch? Don't you already know that Peter is the one who will boldly claim to defend you and then once you're arrested will deny you? Not once, but three times. This is the guy who gets the keys? I hope you give him a tile <clears throat> so he can find them when he drops them in the lake or leaves them at Lazarus' house. But Jesus does give Peter the keys. Because these keys aren't about whether Peter is good enough. These keys are about how good 
and how grace-filled God is. And these keys can't be lost. In a way, Jesus makes himself the tile, the GPS locator that secures the keys for Peter so that, when, so that he will always have them no matter what, especially when he needs them most. And through Peter, these keys are passed on from generation to generation to you, to me, to us. In giving these, Peter, these keys to Peter, Jesus is handing them to who Peter represents, the church, the community of faith anchored in the goodness and gracefulness of God. So then, what are the keys? Well, let's start with what they are not. They are not the keys that let people into heaven. Despite the many chuckle-worthy cartoons and jokes to the contrary, you know, the ones with Peter as gatekeeper at the pearly gates, Jesus is not giving Peter authority to keep people out or let certain people in. Now, this story is, unfortunately, where that silly and sad idea comes from, but it's a profound misunderstanding of what is happening here. If we really want to imagine the gates of heaven, a better image, I think, is not of a closed, locked door with a human gatekeeper, but but rather a door Jesus already unlocked and left ajar, waiting on us. So what's going on here? Well, keys were a common metaphor for teaching, instruction, guidance. Teaching and interpreting past teachings are a very important theme in the Gospel of Matthew. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus has this great phrase, You have heard that it's been said, but I tell you. Jesus is a rabbi, a teacher, living into the tradition of Moses, the great prophet and foundational figure of the Jewish faith. Jesus is a rabbi, a teacher, teaching and reteaching the tradition, the insights, the wisdom of God. And it likely doesn't seem obvious to us at first, at least it wasn't obvious to me upon uh, a rereading of this passage of scripture, but the terms binding and loosing were also common, common terms of rabbis, terms used to speak of authoritative teaching and interpretation. So what's happening here is Jesus is giving Peter the power to interpret and apply his teachings. Teachings about the nature of God's kingdom. Teachings about the worth of every person, especially the poor, the grieved, the oppressed, and the overlooked. Teachings about making lasting and real peace. Teachings about crying out for justice, about feeding hungry people, about setting a wider table, about forgiving often and again and again, about healing instead of hurting, about redeeming instead of rejecting. Jesus is giving Peter his keys. Keys he can't lose, even if he forgets he has them. And Peter, again, is not just Peter here. Peter is the church. Peter is you and me. Peter is us. Jesus has passed on the keys to the kingdom of heaven, the teachings and insights and practices that unleash the forces of heaven on earth. Even if... Peter isn't perfect, doesn't entirely get it, and still suffers from fear and uncertainty and profound missteps. He nevertheless is given the keys. As are you, as am I, as are we. We may not understand like Peter, 
We might suffer from fear and uncertainty and even profound missteps. We definitely aren't perfect, but that didn't stop Jesus before and it won't stop Jesus now from entrusting his beloved with the keys. We carry with us, we carry with us the very keys of Jesus. Keys we can't lose no matter how good we are at losing keys. And I say amen. Jesus gives us the keys and trusts us to teach. To teach. Teaching is a holy task, a labor of love, and it can unlock the mysteries and wonders of heaven. It doesn't matter if you're a professional teacher or have a job in some other field. It doesn't matter if you are far from retirement or long since retired. It doesn't matter if you are 16 years old and going to school on Zoom or if you are 60 years old and needing to Zoom with your grandkids, a student, a working parent. Jesus believes we are all teachers and he believes in us as teachers, enough to give us his keys. The idea that we're called to teach, I know, I know that on top of everything else we are already doing, perhaps parenting, struggling to get through a pandemic, studying as a student, the idea that we have more teaching to do on top of everything else, well, that may be hard to hear and feel like anything but good news. Or maybe, just maybe, they're exactly the words we need to hear, the words we need most. Jesus believes in us, imperfect as we are, as teachers, teachers who have something worth teaching, teachers who are important enough to equip with the keys of God's own kingdom, teachers who in whatever we are doing can always be teachers of justice and mercy, teachers of kindness and compassion, teachers of hope and redemption, teachers of acceptance and forgiveness, teachers of beauty and goodness, teachers of patience and perseverance, teachers teachers who have the teachings of Jesus to treasure and to try on and to try again. I've heard it said the best way to learn is to teach. And I think the best way to teach is to try. And the best way to try is to try again in a community of learning, which Jesus calls the church. I suspect Jesus knows we are always learning and we are always teaching, even if we don't realize it. We can't escape being teachers. Our words, our actions, and our interactions with others are always sharing a message, are always teaching something. The real challenge is teaching on purpose. And I think that seeing ourselves as teachers, as people equipped with the very keys of the kingdom of God, changes us, invites us to take seriously and sincerely who we are as teachers, invites us to grow as teachers and to teach what is truly worth passing on. So when Jesus gives Peter the keys, he is inviting Peter into an entirely new way of life. Even if he knows the missteps that Peter will make, even if he knows the sinking and the silly understandings that Peter has experienced. He's inviting him into a new way of life, into a new world, into God's own dream. And Peter handed on the keys. Indeed, your faith in Christ means you already have these keys. You might have long wondered what that odd key was doing on your key ring. 
Well, I'll let you in on a secret. It's the key to the very kingdom of heaven. And Jesus believes you can use it to walk through the walls of hate and prejudice, rejection and scorn, ignorance and selfishness, and into the realm of God's own kingdom. Try the keys. Thanks for listening to the message this week. Visit southelkorncc.org where you can download reflection and discussion guides to dig deeper into the weekly scripture and message.